Hey folks, how's everybody? Hope you had a great week and welcome back to the Cycling Hokkaido podcast. Uh, this week, I am super happy because I finally got my bicycle up to 8,000 kilometers for the year 2023. Woohoo! Go me! That's, that's right, go me. Ah, what a dork. Sorry. But yeah, uh, I hit 8,000 kilometers last night and I am really, really happy about it. Even happier that as of an hour ago, I just got in from a ride. Uh, I'm at sitting at 8,086 kilometers for the year. Uh, a friend of mine went out to Otaru today. The, the weather was gorgeous today here on Labor Day. It's a national holiday here in Japan. And I think it was 18 degrees at one point. Uh, it, it was some serious, beautiful weather. Um, but with this weather, they're here every year. They're called yukimushi in Japanese. They're, what are they, snow fleas, I think, is, is the English name. But they come just before it starts snowing in Hokkaido every year. And they're around, they're, but I, I don't think we had them in Canada. I don't remember them. Somebody please tell me if, if we had them. But um, this year, they are out in absolute biblical proportions, man. It's crazy. You're, you're just cycling through clouds of, of yukimushi. And they get in your eyes. A couple got up my nose today. Oh, man. When you come into a, a yukimushi cloud, it is not fun. Not fun. And it's never been this bad before. They have never been around in these kind of numbers. Of course, that's, that's impossible to count. But, oh, it's gross. But still, all in all, we still had a great ride out to Otaru today. Really nice. We went out to the uh, Hiyoriyama Lighthouse that's just on top of the Otaru Aquarium. Beautiful place, beautiful scenery up uh, from, the, uh, from the top of the rocks at the lighthouse there. Uh, after that, on the way back, we checked out... There, there's an old mulberry tree. It's a 280-year-old mulberry tree, which is right at the uh, Ebisu Shrine. The Otaru Ebisu Jinja, that's like, it's a hundred and, I, I think the sign said that was built in like 1884 or something like that. Pretty old, pretty cool stuff. All in all, the weather, a, a beautiful, beautiful day. But I got to give a big shout out, Motoaki Kikuchi of Kita no Ryoba, the, the Hokkaido souvenir shop where my wife works. Thank you for lunch today. Man, that was good. Wow, we, we were not <laughs> expecting that. We Our lunch today, our cycling lunch, usually it's onigiri or, you know, some shitty-ass food from, from some convenience store or something like that, or whatever I bring from home. Today, our lunch was king crab and scallops. The scallops done in a little butter sauce. Oh, and I mean, when our waiter said, here are the scallops and I'll, I'll bring the crab out shortly, we were, we were like, huh? Cra wow. Motoaki, thank you. That was maybe the best cycling lunch of the year. And as you said, yeah, that, that could very well be the last time we get a ride uh, into Otaru this year. 
it looks like the weather's going to turn from tomorrow, doesn't it? And also around this time of year, we start, you know, wondering how many more cycling days we have left. I don't know how many more, but today was an absolute stunner of a day. That that was gorgeous. But yeah, that was kind of the icing on the cake today with the big, you know, after work last night, I went out and I, I got the 8,000. I just stayed local. Um, nowhere special. It was a ni- it was a night ride, so you know nowhere special. Just kind of around city hall, around the Hasamu River, um, local stuff. I just needed thirty three kilometers to get to eight thousand last night, and that's what I got. Eight thousand, folks. Whoo! That is now. I've done eight thousand kilometers before. My best year was eight thousand seven hundred seven. 8,713, sorry. But that was Corona time. That was a time when I had half of my jobs going. And unfortunately, half the money as well. (laughs) um, Yeah. But I used the time for cycling. So um, hitting 8,000 kilometers with my jobs all full on, with my full schedule... Man, I am stoked, absolutely stoked about hitting 8,000 last night. And sorry again, 8,086 as of today. But as I was saying a little while ago, you know, the weather plays a big part of where and when you can ride uh, this time of year. It's, it's not easy to get, you know, the best day. So what do you do? So, I mean, at night, I find a really good ride if the weather's nice. Like the other night, I went out after work. So I left home at 8.30. I got home just just before midnight. But a really good night ride is uh, from here, from Ishikari to Sapporo Dome. All in, it's about 40 kilometers. Super easy to get there. Straight down Ishikari Kaido. You hit Route 36, turn left straight down Route 36 to Sapporo Dome. Super, super easy ride. No climbing, it's all straight. And when you're riding that at night, there are not a lot of cars. So it's really, really nice. You have to bundle up when you're riding at night this time of year, even riding at day of this time of year. But I tell you what, today I way overdressed. I had uh, four layers on. I had my thermals, a cycling dry tech shirt, uh, a hoodie, and a kind of a windbreaker on over that. Ooh, that was hot. But I didn't want to take anything off because once you get sweaty, if you take a layer off, it, you get cold. So ah, it's better to be hot, right? But yeah, sorry, getting back to Sapporo Dome Ride. It's, uh, again, you bundle up, you get a good pair of gloves, you're good to go. One of the things I love about the Sapporo Dome Ride is a place called uh, Sua Shrine. Has anybody been? It's it's pretty small. It's right on uh, Ishikari Kaido. It's about a kilometer north of uh, Sapporo Station. It's at uh, North 12, East 10 in Higashiku. It's a really interesting place. They they. They do a lot of really, really nice displays at Sua Shrine, which makes it really cool. Uh, it's very, very popular. The thing about the shrine 
is uh, they offer blessings for safe childbirth and matchmaking. And apparently, if you pet the stone dogs in the garden, it helps you with job hunting. So, hey, if you're looking for a job, head on down to Sua Shrine. I, I found that uh, Sua Shrine was founded in 1882, and actually, in 1878, there were 30 people from Nagano that came and settled in that area, and then I guess they were missing their shrines back home, so they founded uh, Sua Shrine. Yeah, it's nice. They have all kinds of displays in the gardens. But one thing you'll notice about the shrine is that it's up high. It's on a kind of a raised structure. <laughs> it's, on, it's raised up. And the reason that, that it's raised up, it's not just on the ground, was in case of uh, flooding uh, from the Sose River. I, I don't think there's any fear of that now. The Sose River is not exactly raging, you know. But yeah, that's great. And as I was saying, the um, the way they decorate it is, is really cool. Like they have uh, flowers in the in the summer. They had lots of flowers in the chozuya. Everybody know what the chozuya is? I, I had to look this up too. You, you know the place with the dragon head at shrines where you you splash, you purify your hands, and and then you go into the shrine. That's called a chozuya. That's the the water basin, the, the dragon. Um, and apparently, I didn't know, when you wash your hands before going into the shrine, you're supposed to wash your left hand first, then your right. Couldn't find out why, but that's what we should be doing. I don't know if I've ever, <laughs> I don't, yep, I probably haven't ever done that correctly. <laughs> uh. Um, so they, they, they decorate that with all kinds of flowers, really, really colorful, beautiful flowers uh, in the summer. And right now, the entrance to the shrine is decorated with lights and Japanese umbrellas on the ground and kind of a glass display in latticework as you walk through the Tori Gate. But the umbrellas, they, um, they look like giant cocktail umbrellas, you, you know? I think they do anyway. But... Yeah, night rides in Sapporo, in Sapporo City, are, are, are really cool. I mean, not only Sua Shrine and Sapporo Dome. Uh, Sapporo Dome itself isn't that great. But what is great is the, the night view of Sapporo City from along Toyohira River. It's really nice cityscape, nighttime cityscapes uh, from the, the Toyohira River. Odori Tower, the TV tower. Odori Park always looks great. And especially when, I guess, when uh, the uh, Odori Park illumination happens, which I might be happening soon. Not sure. But uh, yeah, Odori Tower always looks pretty cool as well. Um, lot, lots, of, lots of great uh, stuff to see at night when you're, you're riding in the city. It's so different from night riding up along the beach. Oh, and by the way, my... One of my favorite night rides, the ride from my house up to Aso Beach, Ishikari Beach, the Ishikari Lighthouse, it's closed now for construction, which kind of sucks, doesn't it? Because that's, that's one of my go-to night rides. But I have been kind of riding Sapporo at night more so this year because I'm kind of scared of the bears. <laughs> 
again, I, I don't want to get nibbled. But having said that about the construction, have you guys ever noticed that when there's those construction sites, the guys with the batons, the, the flashing batons that wave traffic to the left or the right, or they tell traffic to stop here or there. What do you think of those guys? I'll tell you why I ask. Because I can't fucking stand them. Aren't they just jerks? It's like they somebody's given them this baton and they've got all this power. I swear, they're drunk with power because they've got a little flashy baton and a vest. Seriously, I was going up the road the other day to, um, to the uh, Ishikari Beach. I didn't know it was closed. And the guy almost started running at me. He's like, no! Like, fucking... Take it easy, dude. Like, ah, sorry, I'm getting a bit aggro there. <laughs> but they're ridiculous. Those baton-wielding bastards. Seriously. Anyway, I'm not a fan of the baton bastards. <laughs> I suppose they're necessary. But seriously, what dicks, eh? Hey, and by the way, Speaking of bear fear, did you guys see the video of that bear on Nakayama Toge walking along the top of the fence at the side of the road? Oh, oh my God. That was like a maybe a 130 kilogram bear acting like some kind of circus performer walking along the top of a three meter fence. And I don't mean like it was, it was like a skinny iron mesh fence. Like one, why did it get up there? And what, it was just walking along the fence at the side of the road in the middle of the day. But well, I mean, one thing, shout out to those fence builders. They did a hell of a job on that. Amazing. But this kind of blows my theory out of the water about Nakayama Toge, which I am not happy about at all. You know, some people say when you're riding Nakayama Toge or riding any Toge, uh, you know, you got to watch out for bears. And I was like, yeah, but they don't like noise. So once you get a couple of cars or once you get a couple of trucks going through the Toge, you know, that'll, that'll be enough noise to scare the bears back into the woods. Well, boy, was I proven wrong. You should have seen this. I'll see if I can post the link up in the show description um, because it is something to see. It's broad daylight, cars driving by, and it's just walking along the top of this fence. Jesus. Man, I can't believe it. I can't believe that I was so wrong about that. I honestly thought that cars, trucks, would be enough noise. Now it's got me wondering, am I ever noisy enough to scare away bears? You know, when, when I'm cycling by myself, I've got my Spotify uh, music list playing, which I call Ishigari Massive. Or I've got, you know, some podcast playing or, or whatever. And, and I thought, I honestly thought that that would be noisy enough. But... I, I don't know, maybe something went wrong with that bear. I, I, I don't know. Or maybe it's just luck. 
if you come across one and you and your time's up, your time's up. I don't know, but that was that was uh, something else. Another thing I like to do at this time of year is I kind of if I want to get a hundred kilometers in, I kind of split up the ride, like when it's really cold, like with uh, riding to Jet Beach, riding from Jet Beach to my house through the uh, rice paddies and things like that is 60 kilometers so that's a decent ride so you know you head out get 60 kilometers sorry head out 30 kilometers out back home 60 kilometers and then i'll come in for lunch get warm for a little while um, then head out up to the ishkali lighthouse or something like that which i'm not going to be doing anymore because the bastards have it under construction i, I it's actually it actually the, the beach road has been under construction for quite a while. I have no idea what they're building, but I don't like it, whatever it is, because it looks for one thing, they're building a much, much wider road. I have a feeling it's a part of this whole Hokkaido infrastructure project that's going on. There are all these massive roads being built through all the forests and and uh, over all the flatlands. It's I don't know what kind of influx of people they're expecting to to warrant all these new roads and highways and things, but it's uh, I don't like it. It's really disruptive. The for all I mean, look what look what's happening to all the forests. They're getting torn down and made way. Um, I, I guess maybe it's. Are they expecting the Shinkansen to bring that many tourists to Hokkaido? I mean, that's a that's a joke itself, isn't it? The Shinkansen coming here. I mean, it's going to be so much more expensive and take so much longer than flying down south. I, I just, I don't understand why anybody would take the Shinkansen. Unless you're a train dork and you just want the novelty of riding the, the Shinkansen. Uh, Shinkansen is the bullet train, by the way, everybody. The bullet train is finally... Well, sorry, in case you didn't know. The bullet train is finally going to come to Sapporo. It's in uh, it's in Hakodate. So, yeah, so it's in Hokkaido, sorry. But it's finally going to come to Sapporo. And I can't remember when, sorry. But it seems like a giant waste of money, if you ask me. Anyway... Back to what I was talking about. Finding rides in the cold. Yeah, so if you want to do 100, you know, head out, do half, and then, you know, get in, get warm, and, and head back out somewhere else. So, in a way, it's it's kind of easier cycling in the cold because you're not going the same full distances. So, it, it's kind of a... You're still getting the kilometers you want, if it's kilometers you're after. Um, but you're still staying warm at the same time. You're not getting hypothermia or anything like that. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And until the roads freeze, we'll still be out there doing it, man. Oh, and one more thing that's been pissing me off recently. Sorry, I've never really complained about anything on this before. I guess I guess I got a couple of things I want to get off my chest. One, yes, the baton bastards. But there's another much more insidious problem. People drinking 
actually wild driving. Now, the reason I know this is happening is because from time to time, you'll be riding along and you'll see a beer can at the side of the road or, uh, you know, a 9% strong can at the side of the road. And it's not like somebody's pulled over and had a barbecue or, or a, a bunch of teenagers have gone into the woods with a, with a case of beer. No, no. This is stuff that's out in the middle of nowhere. And you'll see, you know, one can, one uh, glass of sake, you know, those little one cup bottles. And who do you think's drinking those? I think it's old guys driving and having a beer while they're, while they're actually driving. That's really what it looks like to me. I'm sure if you're driving through Hokkaido or, or even if you're on your motorbike, you probably don't notice it because, you know, the, the slower you go, the, the more you see. And noticing things like that and the, the amount of garbage people throw away in forests and stuff is shocking. I mean, there are constantly signs up saying, don't throw your garbage in the forest. Well, I guess they need those signs because people throw their garbage in the forest. It's gross. I, I mean, I thought, you know, Japan was supposed to be a place that loves and respects nature, but so many people are dumping garbage in the forest, leaving garbage on the beach. But these these cans of booze lying all over the place are, are actually making me a bit nervous. I, like, how drunk are these guys out there when they're driving? I mean, are, are they just out there escaping their wives? <laughs> at home their wives are giving them so much shit about drinking in the living room they decide to just take the act on the road <laughs> uh, i i hope that's not what's going on but uh it really that's what i think is going on uh, i'm sure it's definitely not teenagers leaving those booze cans by the side of the roads um i'm pretty sure it's just old Bastards. <laughs> sorry. A lot of bastards on this episode. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Two things pissing me off. The baton bastards and the old boozy bastards throwing their cans over the side of the road. <laughs> sorry. But other than that, but yeah, getting to 8,000 kilometers this year was great. <laughs> uh one more thing I want to talk about this week that um, was really really fun. Um, we went. To, we had some family friends. We had we had some people staying with us this weekend um, because there was a big soccer parents kind of reunion party for for I think it was three of the soccer mothers that were had uh, our group of soccer friends. Three mothers in our group had birthdays in November. So uh, we went out and had a big birthday party, and and one couple stayed with us. Uh, that that was that was really nice. But they're from uh, Yakumo, down near Hakodate, and we were asking what did they want to do. Uh, well, aside from the party, obviously, but we asked them what they wanted to do, and they said they wanted to go see this goldfish exhibit. I'm like, what goldfish? Huh? Well, what it was, it was in the Sapporo Art Park, Geijitsu no Mori. And it was, uh, the artist's name is Ryusuke Fukahori. And he's the guy 
who does the goldfish art and the wood sake boxes? H have you ever seen this? No? Yes? If you haven't, look it up because it's really cool stuff. Um, the, the exhibition was called Fluctuations of the Water Surface. And uh, so he does, how he does it, you know those wood sake cups where they put the glass in the middle of the cup and then they, when they pour the sake, the sake overflows into the wooden cup. And when you drink the sake from the cup, it's supposed to have the added flavor of the pine or, or whatever wood they used in, in the making of the cup. Uh, which, those cups, by the way, are called masu. There's another little Japanese hint for you folks. You're welcome. So what he does is he puts a layer of transparent resin in the bottom of the, the, the wooden sake cup. Then he puts a couple of dabs of paint. Then he puts another layer of resin, which takes two weeks to dry. Then a couple of other dabs of paint. Then another layer of resin, a couple more dabs of paint. And he keeps repeating this process until it's called uh, 2.5D. <laughs> Not 3D, 2.5D painting is what this technique is called. And in the end, he's got this 2.5D goldfish in the middle of this wood sake cup. It's amazing, amazing looking stuff. We're really, really happy we went. Um, because I'd seen it before, but I didn't really know what it was. Um, it, it's, it's so cool. It's so crazy realistic as well. It was really, really interesting. So, and apparently, it takes him more than two months to do one piece of art. And I guess he's got several on the go at a time. I, I don't know about you folks, but can you imagine what it would be like to, to have the patience? <laughs> to be able to put something, never mind the, the artistic skill, I just mean the patience to be able to sit down and wait, have this one image in your head of what you want to do, waiting for the, the resin to dry over the two weeks, being able to carry that image with you and, and just, it's an amazing art form. I, I, I can't imagine having the patience to actually be able to do that. I'm sure he's got it mapped out and it's not just all stuck in his head. But I, I, I still can't believe that somebody's, well, that's a stupid thing to say. Lots of people out there have got lots of extraordinary talents. So, But I, I, I'm really a fan of this guy's now. That, that was really, really cool. And the exhibit wasn't just the, the uh, goldfish in the masu, the wooden cups. It, there was all kinds of his sculptures. There was a lot of his paintings. It was a, a, a full-on exhibition. And sorry, everybody. If I'd known about it earlier, I would have told you. But the last day for the exhibit is November 23rd. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Well, I, did anybody out there get to see it? I hope you did. It, it, was, it was really, really good. But I, I, I liked how he got his inspiration for this as well. Um, he apparently was going to give up on being an artist. He, 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 I guess his work wasn't really going anywhere. And then he kind of looked over and, and he notices his goldfish. He's had, he's had this goldfish for seven years and he finds inspiration. 
and he starts doing goldfish art. Re really cool. Cool story. Apparently, the guy's from uh, Aichi. He was born in 1973, so kind of similar in age to me. But he's already 50, and I ain't yet. One more part of the exhibit that I thought was really cool is they had somewhere you could see straight through onto the sides. And you could see where, when you look at it from the top, it's this 2.5D thing, right? But when you look at it from the side, you can see that it's just, it looks like absolutely nothing, right? It's just dabs of paint floating in this hard resin. So that, that was kind of neat to see as well. That, that was pretty cool. And when I said it takes two months or more, I mean, obviously that depends on the size of, of the piece he's working on as well. And also that was our friend's first time in the Sapporo Art Park. And actually, that was the first time I'd been there in, I think, 17 years. Yeah, I think, it, the, I think when my dad was here 17 years ago after my first son was born, I think we took my dad there. Really great. And actually, my wife's cousin, his name is Shinichi Narumi. He, uh, he's also an artist, and he sometimes has classes at the Sapporo Art Park. His art form is lithography. I know he sometimes has exhibits down in Sapporo. We've got a couple of pieces here in our house. I think I know my dad has one in his house in Canada. Uh, Haruka, my wife's mom, has a piece in her house. It's, it's pretty cool having an artist in the family. And I, and I always ask if he's there, is your cousin here at the art park today? <laughs> my, my wife's always like, no, Marty, he's not. Because I want to go see what he does. I want to see the process of it all. I, I think, I think it, it looks really, really cool. But, and sorry, getting back to the uh, Ryusuke Fukahori exhibit, I forgot to say, uh, the, the, uh, the goldfish in the wood sake cups, in Japanese, this is called Kingyo Zake, goldfish booze. <laughs> go, go figure, right? Yeah, so, and then this week was really good for riding as well. You know, after Sunday, what well, I had, uh, I went out, when did I go out? I went out Tuesday, I rode to work. I went out Monday night, I went out Wednesday night to finish the 8,000. And then today, to Otaru, so it was a it was a really really good cycling week. the The weather was great, but again, it's supposed to turn tomorrow, so who knows what that's going to be. Oh, and by the way, also, uh, the results from last week's poll are in. The poll was, um, "What's your favorite smoked food?" And the choices were salmon, tofu, nuts, or Marty's hot sauce. One hundred percent, one answer got all the results in the polls, and that was smoked salmon. Thank you for answering the poll, everybody. And you ingrates, not one vote for Marty's hot sauce. <laughs> Sorry, no, yes, I'm sure smoked salmon sandwiches and, and what have you are probably much more famous, definitely well-known than Marty's hot sauce. All right, everybody, uh, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. 
I hope you have a great week, and I'll talk to you again sometime next week. Hopefully, there will still be some more writing stories, and it won't have snowed too bad over the weekend. Thanks, folks. Love you.